Welcome to the Vineyard Altoona podcast. If you have any questions or just want more information, you can visit our website at vineyardaltuna.org or any of our social media platforms at Vineyard Altoona. And now, here's Derek with the message. Back in the 13th century, Frederick II, Frederick II uh, conducted an experiment on children. I know that would be frowned upon in 2021, but in his day, he was going to conduct an experiment. And what he wanted to know was what language would a child speak if they were not taught a language? What language would naturally come out of a kid if we didn't interrupt just the process? Like as a kid grew up, what language would they speak? And so he selected a a couple of newborn children, handed them over to some nurses, and and the, the instructions to the nurses were to feed the kids, to bathe the kids, but don't talk to the kids. Don't play with the kids, don't coddle the kids, don't sing with the kids. And so this was the instruction. What language do you think they spoke? Just babbling. What what do you think? What what language do you think they spoke? None. Anybody else? Because here was the the hope. Frederick wanted to know that if, if the kids would begin to speak the language that God gave Adam and Eve. This was the the attempted discovery. Anybody think that they began to speak the language? My daughter does. (laughs) The thought was, maybe it would be Greek, or maybe it would be Hebrew. What language do you think? think English. English. Doubt that. that. Okay. Well... uh, (laughs) They ended up speaking no language at all. They all died. Surprise ending. That's awful depressing. Merry Christmas to you guys. Reminder, I do know that it is Christmas. (laughs) But it seems that there's something inherently essential to human growth, development, and flourishing to have interaction with other people. That there's something essential in life that requires that we have closeness and touch with people. There's something that that is essential to human life that requires that we are known and that we are loved, right? I don't know if you've you've kind of experienced this a little bit over the last two years of this pandemic. How many of you felt very at home being isolated at the very beginning of this? You might like that, a couple of you. Introverts, you liked it. It does grow old at some point. Think about the fact of, of wearing masks to talk to people. You feel a distance, don't you? Doesn't it feel like something that's essential to human life is sort of being squeezed out? Like to, to isolate for, for days, those of you who have, have had COVID or have been exposed, the isolation is unnatural, isn't it? Doesn't it feel like something essential to human life is being squeezed out? And as true as this is for human interaction, I think it's even more essential to our relationship with God. I think it's essential to our relationship with God to know that God knows us and loves us. I think it's essential to our relationship with God and essential to human life to to be touched by God, to to experience God's presence, that God would love us in, in a very experiential way. 
John, when he was writing uh, his gospel, wrote this. John 1 verse 14 says, The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. I don't know if you've read the book of John. It's, it, it, John starts out this really big 18-verse uh, exposition about who Jesus is. And he says, Jesus is the eternally existent Word of God. It's a very fancy way to say that God's will happens through Jesus. What God wants happens through Jesus. So all of creation came to be through Jesus. And what John says is that this Word of God took on flesh and became human. And so he says, if you want to know what God is like, look at Jesus. Jesus is God. In fact, later on in verse 18, he says, Jesus is God. This is a, this is revolutionary idea that some human being would be God. That Jesus is God. And what he says is, if you want to know what God is like, look at Jesus. As another preacher says, Jesus is perfect theology. Jesus is perfect theology. We don't staple Jesus onto our understanding of God as if he's some appendage. That Jesus is how we understand everything about who God is. That when we read the Bible, we put our Jesus lenses on and we understand Scripture through the lens of Jesus. That's what John says right at the outset. Every thing that we learn about God, though, from the birth of Jesus, is that God has this insatiable desire to be with us. Emmanuel, God with us. That God has this insatiable desire to be with us. Every Christmas we celebrate this event that happened around 2,000 years ago. We celebrate this Jesus baby being born and we celebrate that God himself became human. And we may struggle to get our minds around that, right? Like if, you, if you've ever had a conversation with somebody who just doesn't believe that God exists, it's, it's a mind-boggling idea that God would become a man. And maybe it seems a little out of left field to us. It seems like it doesn't make sense to us. Why would God do something like this? But the idea that God would desire to be with us it's not an odd idea. It's not an unusual idea. It's not even a new idea. If we f just tr backtrack just a little bit to the be beginning of the book, when you look at the very beginning in Genesis, God creates human beings that he would live among them. God desires to live among people. In fact, it's brokenness and sin that makes the distance that we all feel. It's brokenness. This is actually not the way it was designed to be. So if we look at Genesis, God's desire was to be with us. In our passage, it says, The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. The original Greek word for dwelling or dwelt in some translations, if you read the King James, it says dwelt among us. The, the underlying Greek will give us some idea of what John is talking about. What, the idea is that that Jesus became, the Word became flesh and encamped among us, or tabernacled among us. 
And if you're up on Old Testament theology, you'll go, wait a minute, where have I heard that word tabernacle before? Oh yeah, that's right, back in Exodus, God did this before. That God dwelt in a tent among his people. Exodus uh, 40, 34 says this, says, Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Verse 35 says, Moses could not enter the tent of meeting because the cloud had settled on it, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. God dwelt among his people. Do you see a pattern happening? That God's desire is to be among his people, and that in Jesus, even though it's a new way of being among his people, the idea that God wants to be with you, it's not new. This is something that apparently God cares deeply about. And if you fast forward, if we look all the way to the end of the book, what we discover is that God eventually is successful. Revelation 21 verse 3 says this, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. This will be, they will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. Do you see the arc of the story? Do you see how this plays out? Way back here in Genesis, God begins by being with people. And when things get broken, God again creates a way to be among people in the tabernacle. And then we get to this birth of Jesus And God, again, is among his people. And when we look to the end of the story, God will dwell forever with his people. Friend, I don't know where you are this Christmas. Maybe you feel a a million miles from God, or maybe you feel really close to God. Maybe you feel very, very celebratory, and this is a great, joyful season. Or maybe you feel very, very sad. Maybe you feel like life is going well, or maybe you feel very, very depressed. Friend, the message at Christmas is because Jesus came as a man, his de- God's desire is to be with you. God's desire is to be with you. Do you know that? And the whole Christmas story that we celebrate every year is one stopping point, one place in this great drama that God is working out to be with his people, that God desires to be with you. Think with me for a minute. There's no length that God won't go to to be with you. There's no length he won't go to. Think about the lengths he's already gone to to be with you. Jesus died for it. Jesus died for it. That that God would be with you. You know, we frequently say this. Have you heard this? Tell me if you've heard this. Jesus died so that I could be with my Father in heaven. Have you heard that one? Everybody's heard that one? No. (laughs) I promise we've talked a little bit about that. (laughs) This is my kid, man. This is why we have kids ministry normally, I think. So there's not a running commentary. But the fact of the matter is, there's not one of us who wanted a relationship with God before he entered into a relationship with us. There's not one of us that desired this naturally. It's not like we were sort of standing on the outside of relationship with God going, man, I wish I could get in there. 
man, I wish I could have a relationship with Jesus, but I'm so broken, but I desperately wish there was some way I could get in. We weren't standing on the outside wishing we could get in. We were standing on the outside glad to be outside. The Bible says not one of us wanted a relationship with God. It's not a natural thing. We didn't actually want it. And in fact, we didn't want a relationship until God demonstrated his goodness to us. He always starts this. And it's his goodness, it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. It's his kindness that invites us to relationship. Listen, coming as a baby and dwelling among us until he was crucified on a cross was not primarily so that we could enter into a relationship with our Father. That happens. But primarily, the reason all of that happened was so that he could have us. The focus is that God wants to be with you. God wants your presence in, in, in with him. The, the beautiful thing is, once we discover his goodness, we actually do have a way to be in relationship with our Father. But he's the one that starts it. Because it has way more to do with his desire to be with us than it does with our desire to be with him. Doesn't our desire sort of wane, kind of go up and down? If you follow Jesus for any amount of time, there's some days you're just like, yes, I love this. And there's some days it's like, I'm going to get up and read the Bible because I'm supposed to, right? You've had that experience where some days you're on the mountaintop, some days you're on, in the valley, right? Some days you're under the valley. That's a whole other message for a different day. But do you know that God wants to be with you? Do you know God like that? Do you have a relationship with him like that? So many of us have this weird, twisted idea about who God is. We have this idea that he's some sort of celestial taskmaster, right? This idea that God's just sort of walking around, watching over our shoulder with a hammer, just waiting to strike whenever we get out of line, right? Is this an idea that some of us have? God's just waiting to whack us if we, if we get out of line. Or maybe we have this idea about who God is, that he sort of is this absent father. He just wound up the, the, you know, all of creation and set it on its own, but he's not accessible. He doesn't want a relationship with us. Some of us have these perspectives about who God is, but if it's true what John says, that Jesus is the perfect representation of God, then God desires desperately to be in relationship with us. That he desperately wants to dwell among his people. And the good news for you today is that Jesus invites you to relationship because he desperately wants to be with you. The good news of Christmas is that Jesus came so that the Father might be able to dwell among you. Dwelling among his people is so important to Jesus that when he left, he sent us his spirit, that the relationship would continue until that day in Revelation where all things are made new. And the last thing I want to say, the beautiful thing is this, because Jesus lived as a human, he understands our experience. God understands what it's like to be human. I'll tell you a little bit of a story, and I'll probably get emotional to share it, but such is life, I suppose. 
In between our two children, Jerry and I, we had a, a, a miscarriage of a baby that, that was going to be a boy uh, about halfway through. And I, I desperately wanted to be the strong guy at the house, and I wanted to, like, you know, just buck up. But I had no grid for what this, why this happened. And so I just sort of like stuffed it a little bit. I was trying to like manage how I felt and what this meant. And there would be these, these, my whole world fell apart. And there would be these times where I I would sort of like be like, God, why? Why did this happen? We prayed every day for this kid. We prayed every day. We did our part. Why didn't you do your part? Why did this happen? A few months went by and I had stuffed this pain. And I had begun this church planting residency program, and the very beginning was to sort of deal with our own traumas and our own wounds and our own pain and offer them to Jesus. And so I opened this up, and I found myself just complaining to God. I'm like, what do you know about what I'm going through? What do you know about what it feels like to lose a son? And I felt God speak to my heart, and he said, I know because of Jesus what it feels like to lose a son. I know what you're going through, and I know how you feel. And it didn't fix everything. And yet somehow knowing that God was with me and understood my experience began the healing process for me. Friend, the beautiful thing about Jesus becoming a human is that he can stand with you in any human experience. You know, maybe this Christmas, it's a joyful celebration. We're super excited. We finally get to be with family, and, and everything is going well. I got the job. And because Jesus came as a man, he says, I can stand with you in joy and celebration. I can be with you in that. But maybe for some of you, it's, it's loneliness. There's this just extreme loneliness. And you're like, God, I don't know that you understand what it is to be lonely. And yet, because Jesus came as a man, he says, I can stand with you in loneliness. And maybe it's like, you know, I feel abandoned. You know, there was all the political stuff and my family blew up and I feel like I was abandoned. God, what do you know about what it feels like to be abandoned? And he says, because Jesus came, I can stand with you in your abandonment. Maybe some of you are grieving the loss of a loved one this year. It's been a tragic year. And so you're wrestling through the pain of that loss, and you're like, God, I don't know if you know what it feels like to have this pain. And Jesus says, I can stand with you in your pain. Friend, no matter what you're going through today, no matter where you stand today, Jesus can stand with you in your human experience. And if we're honest, mostly what we need is to know that Jesus is with us and that he brings this healing touch to us, doesn't it? Doesn't that make it all the difference in the world? He doesn't have to fix it. Ladies, you understand this, right? I always want to fix things. She doesn't need me to fix things all the time. She needs me to be with her. Guys, that's a secret. You didn't know that. A lot of times you don't have to fix it. God doesn't necessarily change the circumstance, but it changes everything to know that he walks with you in it. The good news of Christmas that we celebrate every year 
is that God became human and he understands and he walks with us. And as he heals the pains and the hurts of our life, he begins to remake the world. And he uses the things that hurt us to heal other people. That we get to be part of the healing process for people. As he heals us, we become part of the healing process for others. And what we begin to understand is that God's desire is desperately to be with us. Isn't that what we all need at the end of this sort of long ice age that has been the last two years? Don't we all need to know that God is with us? That he sees us? That he's walking with us? Doesn't that make everything better? To know that God sees us, that he's walking with us, and that he can heal the hurts that we've experienced? I want to finish with this passage. Hebrews 4 says this, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Thank you again for choosing the Vineyard Altoona podcast. We're so excited to see how God will release his kingdom in and through you today for the glory of Jesus Christ. With this, be blessed, and we'll see you next time.